You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah chapter 1 in your Bibles. We have started this series on the uh, life of Jeremiah, lessons from the life of Jeremiah. We started by way of introduction a few weeks ago, and we talked about Jeremiah's compassion. And uh, I hope we'll have compassion like Jeremiah. Number two, we talked about his country. We talked about the people of Judah, the, the people of God who were going to backslide, and Jeremiah's ministry predominantly would be to a backslidden people. At the start of his ministry, they were experiencing some revival. They had a good king, uh, King Josiah. And then we talked about last week, we talked about Jeremiah's calling. It says in Jeremiah 1, 5, God said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. We were talking at uh, the meal tonight. My wife and I were talking with Caleb and Autumn. And, you know, it's amazing, but when you go to any place, but especially when you go cross country, when you pack up and you say goodbye from everybody you know and your friends and family, and you go to a place, you've got to know that God has called you. You've got to know that God's in it. And when God's in it, by the way, if God be for us, who can be against us? You're going to be okay. But you've got to know, and Jeremiah had to know that God was the one who called him. Jeremiah was not self-called. Jeremiah was not uh, a mama-called, papa-sent preacher. Jeremiah was a God-called man that had a message from God. And we must fulfill the calling of God in our lives, whatever it is that God's called you to do. We talked about that last week. Tonight, I'd like for you to notice Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 6. Jeremiah, after God called him, he said in verse 6, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. That word is found in the book of Zechariah. That same word, it's used for a young man. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Uh, I'm a novice. I'm not qualified. I don't have the experience. I'm a rookie. There's no way I can do this. Lord, I can't talk to these people. I'm a child. I'm a young man. Verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verse 8. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy, to throw down and to build and to plant. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us in these few moments as we look at your word. I pray that the Bible tonight, once again, I pray that it would come alive. We know that it is a living book. It's a powerful book. It's uh, the inspired, the uh, uh, preserved, the inerrant words of God. And Lord, I pray that this book tonight would speak to our hearts. And Holy Spirit, would you do the work that only you can do. And Lord, help us with whatever it is we're facing. 
Whatever problems, whatever burdens we're bearing tonight, Lord, I pray that the Word of God would give us the answers for our situation. I pray bless now this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like for you to notice number four in our introduction on the book of Jeremiah. I'd like for you to notice Jeremiah's concern. His concern. His his, his burden, uh, I'm not talking about his burden and compassion for the people, but Jeremiah's burden for himself. He said, Lord, I think we might have a problem here. He said, you want me to preach, and you want me to be a prophet, and you want me to speak to these people. And Jeremiah said, Lord, I don't know how. I've never done it before. I don't have the experience, I don't have the education, I don't have the training, I don't have what I need, I don't have what it takes to do what you've called me to do. In verse number six, we read it, he said, Lord, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Would you hold your place in Jeremiah 1 and go back with me to Exodus chapter 4. Genesis, Exodus, that should be an easy one to find, right? Exodus 4, verse number 10. Moses... When God called Moses to go to Pharaoh, Moses gave a similar excuse to Jeremiah. Moses said in Exodus 4 and verse number 10, Moses said unto the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? It's a good question. God said to Moses, okay, you're complaining about your, your speaking ability. You're complaining about your ability to, uh, to convey the message to Pharaoh. But Moses, hang on. Who made your mouth? Well, we know the answer to that. God, the same one that was telling Moses to go. And Moses was saying, I can't. God said, oh, yes, you can. I made your mouth. And who maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Verse 12, now therefore go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Jeremiah's concern, he said, Lord, I can't do it. I'm inexperienced. I'm inadequate. There's no way that you could use me for this. By the way, if you're here tonight and you've ever taught a Sunday school class, you've ever uh, taught a junior church, or you've ever helped in a class, or you've ever been on a bus route, or maybe you get up to sing in the choir, or you get up to sing a special, or you get ready to do something for God, that's usually our first reaction, isn't it? Lord, I can't do it. I'm scared. I'm terrified. There's no way somebody made a mistake, Lord, because I shouldn't be doing this. But you know what's amazing to me? is that Jeremiah's concern, similar to Moses' concern, similar to our concern, similar to what we go through, but yet is it, is it not amazing that it seems like God usually uses people who think they can't do it? Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You say, what was Jeremiah's problem? What's wrong with Moses? What, what, what was these guys' problem? Uh, why didn't they have self-confidence? And why didn't they think that they were the greatest thing? And why didn't they think that they were the, the, the best thing that God ever made? Well, notice 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It tells us in verse number 25, it says, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, 
And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren. We talked about that a few weeks last week. Ye see your calling, brethren. Verse number uh, 26. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the, what's the next word? The foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the what? The weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty, and verse 28, and base things, the things that are the most lowly and the things you would least expect, the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not. You say, well, that kind of sounds like we're nothing. The things which are not, the things which are, there's nothing there to use. Guess what? It's exactly right. Because if God could create us out of the dust of the ground, if God could speak the worlds into existence, God doesn't need our talent. God doesn't need our ability. God doesn't need our great wisdom. God just needs someone who is willing to be used. He's got all the power we need. He's got all the wisdom we need. He's got all the ability we need. But he has chosen the weak things to bring to naught things that are. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You know, it's amazing when Caleb and Autumn go to California. You know what building they're going to use for their church? I don't know, and they don't know either. You know where all the money is going to come from for that church plant? I don't know, and honestly, they don't know either. You know all the people that are going to come and help them and the people that God's going to send? And you know how all that's going to work? No, I don't know that, and they don't either. So when a church is established and when a church is built and when people get saved and when that ministry is established, guess who gets the glory? God does because God does the work and God works the miracle and God uses somebody that is willing, but somebody that's willing to say, Lord, I can't do it. But if you'll use me, my life is yours. Jeremiah's concern was that God could not use him, but yet those are the very people that God can use and will use the people that think they cannot because they're humble. The Bible tells us that God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Notice not only Jeremiah's concern, but notice in verse number seven, his consolation. It says in Jeremiah chapter one in verse number seven, but the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. We see in verse number 7 that Jeremiah's authority came from God. Now, I don't know how much you think about this, or I don't know if this has crossed your mind, but there are many times for 
for a pastor, for me, and anyway, I guess I can't speak for every pastor, but for me, there are many times I, I get ready to, to stand up and I preach and I think, I don't know if this is going to go over. I don't know if anybody's going to listen. I don't know if people are going to get upset. I don't know if people are going to get mad. I don't know if people are going to leave. I, and the list goes on and on and on. And sometimes as a pastor or as a preacher, it's easy to have those doubts. Maybe you've had those doubts when you go out and you knock on somebody's door to share the gospel with me. What are they going to say? What are they going to think? Well, can I tell you, when I stand up to preach, when you stand up to preach or to teach or to, 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 to minister, when you go out and share the gospel uh, on a street or, 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 or on a sidewalk or at the workplace, can I tell you, we're not doing it because it's our own idea. We're certainly not going out on our own authority, but we're going out on the authority of Almighty God. And I want to tell you, when God gives you the authority, you're good to go. It's like in our house, uh, we will, uh, Joanna or I, we will tell the girls, we'll say, go tell your sister, you know, this, that, and the other, and tell them, daddy said, or tell them, mommy said. And we've got to make sure they say that because they kind of like to leave that part out. But when they leave off the authority part, their instructions don't go very far. You know how that is, right? You remember when you, your siblings, you would try to boss them around and they'd never listen? Now, I never, I never did that, being the oldest of seven. I never bossed my siblings around. Of course, I mean, how, how could you ever think I'd do something like that? Yeah, I probably did. But I'll tell you what's really wild is when a younger one will tell the older one, you need to do this because daddy said, because mama said. And can I tell you, that's the authority. And Jeremiah's authority was not in himself. His authority was in God. Notice verse number eight. God told Jeremiah, he said, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. In the Bible, the face, some of you are thinking, yeah, boy, those must have been some ugly people there in Judah. They must have had their Halloween masks on early or something because he said, be not afraid. No, the face was used in, in, in the Bible and in talking about uh, 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 th this, this idea, the face was used to express approval or disapproval. It was used to express agreement or opposition. And God warned Jeremiah, he said, they will oppose you. They are not going to agree with what you're saying. But he said, you're not going out for a popularity contest. Jeremiah, you're not entering the ministry because you want everybody to pat you on the back and give you a certificate of achievement. He said, you're going out to preach the message that I am giving you. I am glad that we can go out with authority. Doesn't matter what people think. And by the way, I, I agree 100% what uh, Brother Caleb said is we want to show people the love. And there's a balance between the grace and the truth. But at the end of the day, we still have responsibility to share the truth of the gospel with people. That does not change. 2 Timothy 1.7, the Bible says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah 41, the Bible tells us, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Don't be discouraged, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Verse number nine, we see that God put out his hand and he touched Jeremiah's mouth. And he said, Jeremiah, 
I have put my words in your mouth. I tell you, that's, that's really what preaching is. It's just taking God's words and just sharing them with everybody. That's what teaching a Sunday school class is. It's just you're taking the word of God and you're sharing the word of God with people just as God has given you. We find in the book of Isaiah that there were the coals from off the altar that were used to touch the tongue of Isaiah. Daniel chapter 10, the angel came and touched him and uh, the, 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 the messenger came and touched his lips and the angel said, fear not. I'm so thankful we do not have to fear. I'm thankful we don't have to dread. We don't have to panic. We don't have to be anxious, but we can have confidence in the authority that God has given us to share the message of the gospel. Notice verse number 10. God said to Jeremiah, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down. That literally means to tear in pieces and to build and to plant. Can I tell you, Jeremiah was certainly not one of these um, television preachers we have today. It wasn't all positive. It wasn't all you're doing a good job and you know how you can have a great self-esteem. The message of God was a message that Jeremiah was going to have to pull down some things and root up some things and he was going to have to uh, 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 preach the message of judgment and the message of truth. At the end, it tells us that Jeremiah would build and he would plant and I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I'm thankful for the grace of God when people repent and people get right with God. But Jeremiah's job was to preach the truth and to preach the judgment. Keep in mind that Jeremiah did not preach the judgment with delight. Jeremiah was not laughing and sneering and saying, ha ha, God got you. But Jeremiah was weeping and he was broken because of the condition of the people. We see number six, quickly we see Jeremiah's confirmation. Verse number 11 Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. It's interesting that God uses two illustrations. One is an almond tree. The almond tree there in Palestine, that was the first tree to bloom, the first tree to blossom. It was the first one to wake up after a long winter. When it seemed like everything was dead and it seemed like there was no life and when it seemed like nothing was going to happen, that almond tree would start to bloom. And God says, I'm going to hasten my word to perform it. Now, I'm, I'm here to tell you that there are some things that people don't believe. There are some things that people just do not believe are going to happen. Remember in Noah's day, nobody believed the flood was coming except for Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, eight people. The rest of the world rejected. They said, there's no flood coming. But guess what? God said it was coming, and it came. There are some people today that do not believe that Jesus is coming back. I got news for you. He's coming back. And he will hasten his word. He's going to perform it. He's going to do exactly what he said he would do. Some people, they don't like to believe that they're going to die. 
We like to think we've got forever. We like to think that we'll have tomorrow to get right with God and we'll have tomorrow to get things settled. We'll have tomorrow. Can I tell you, we don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. That's why we must live for God today. And the, the, the illustration God gave Jeremiah for his confirmation, he said, you see that almond tree? He said, I'm going to do exactly what I said. And then he showed him a boiling pot. It says in verse number 13 and verse number 14, in that boiling pot, God said, is the a picture of the Babylonians, the Chaldeans in the north that would pour over and destroy and would judge the nation of Judah. Verse number 16, and I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods and worship the works of their own hands. God confirmed his message. God confirmed his call to Jeremiah. Notice verse number 17. Thou therefore, God says to Jeremiah, he says, gird up thy loins and arise. That word, that term, to gird up your loins, it literally means to prepare. It means to get ready for battle. It means to get ready for a very difficult job. It means you better get ready and you better be strong because what's coming is not going to be easy. May I remind us? God never promised that the Christian life would be easy. God never promised that the Christian life was going to be a cakewalk. There will be difficulties. There will be trials. There will be burdens. There will be difficult times. God never promised the journey would be easy, but he promised that he would walk with us every step of the way. Aren't you glad for that? Verse 18, I have made thee this day a defensed city. God said to Jeremiah, hey, you're okay, you're safe. I've made you a defensed city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah and against the princes thereof and against the people of the land. Verse 19, and they, verse number 19, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Let me give you quickly a few things to take home from Jeremiah chapter 1. Number 1, we read it in verse 8. Do not be afraid. You know what God told Jeremiah? He said, fear not. You know how many times uh, we need to hear that? A lot. You know how often we need to hear that? Many times a day. You know why? Because we are all fearful. We all, have, we all have fears. We all have things that we're troubled with. And by the way, that's not wrong to have fears. What's wrong is when we let the fear control us. When we don't have faith and when we don't conquer those fears. The Bible says casting all your cares upon him. Yes, we've got cares. Yes, we've got burdens. But don't be afraid, number one. Number two, remember that God is with you. That's what it said in verse number eight. God promised, he said, I am with thee. Number three, he'll deliver you. Isn't it good to know that God can give you the victory? He's not just with you and say, oh boy, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it through this one. Oh no, if you've got God with you, you're on the winning side. He will deliver you. Number four, he'll do what he said he would do. That's why he gave Jeremiah that, that vision there of that almond tree, that illustration God said, Jeremiah, I will do exactly what I said I would do. And I don't know about you, but sometimes isn't it kind of easy to forget that? 
God makes a promise in his word and then we live as if God doesn't care, God doesn't know, or God's not able. Oh no, he's able. He's able to do what he said he would do. Number five, let God take care of the evildoers. Boy, sometimes we want to take matters into our own hands and we want to settle the score. You know, you know what happens when I try to make a situation better? I usually make a mess. I make it worse, exactly. But you know who has an amazing ability to take care of the, the wicked people and to take care of the evildoers and the people that are fighting against you? God has an amazing way of taking care of it. As a matter of fact, that's his category. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Let God take care of the evildoers, verse number 16. I think Jeremiah was probably worried about all these wicked people. They had forsaken him, they burned incense, they worshiped all the false gods, but let God take care of that, number six. Learn from the mistakes of others. You know, Jeremiah saw people that had forsaken God and they, they, used to, they used to love God, but they forsook God and then they found themselves worshiping false gods. Wouldn't it be so wonderful if we could learn from the mistakes of others and not have to make all the mistakes ourselves? Someone said experience is the best teacher, but sometimes it's learning from someone else's experience. That's an even better teacher if we'll learn the lesson. Number seven, be strong in the Lord. Verse 17, he says, gird up your loins and arise. Be strong in the Lord. Verse number 17 reminds us. Verse 17 also reminds us that we need to open our mouth for the Lord. Hey, don't be afraid to speak. Don't be afraid to share the gospel. Don't be afraid to let people know that you're a Christian and that you love God and that uh, uh, God has saved you. Don't be ashamed of opening your mouth for the Lord and, and let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Number nine, verse number 18 reminds us that we are safe and we are protected in God's will. Can I tell you, you don't have to worry you don't have to fret. You might be going to San Francisco. You might be going to China. Uh, you might be going to Timbuktu. Or you might be going to Rich Square. But you don't have to worry where you're going and where you are if you're in the center of God's will. God protects his own. He cares for his own. Number 10, it's found in verse number 19. Don't ever forget that we are in a battle. The Christian life is a battle. Uh, Lester Roloff used to sing that song, it's a battlefield brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. And by the way, we are in a battle. The Christian life is a battle. We have an enemy. But can I tell you, we are in a battle. But number 11, we're on the winning side. Verse number 19, he said, I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. They shall not prevail against thee. And number 12, the final reminders we see in verse number 19, hey, God is with us. He will deliver us. He will not let us down. He will not fail us. God made these promises to Jeremiah, but I'm glad that God makes those promises to us. Can I tell you, I don't know if this, this first chapter of Jeremiah has helped you, but it's helped me because sometimes it seems like the task that we've been given is bigger than we can handle. I don't know what you're going through at work. Some of you I know a little bit. I don't know all that you're going through with your family. I don't know all that you're going through with your marriage. 
I don't know all that you're going through with your finances. I don't know all that you're going through in your heart of hearts and what God's trying to work on you and work with you on. But I know this, we all have struggles. And sometimes it seems like we cannot, it seems like it's too big for us. But that's because we've got our eyes on the problem. That's why the songwriter said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, Jeremiah had some big problems to face. He had some big obstacles, but he had a bigger God. And God said, I am with thee and I will deliver thee. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.